Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special edition of Popping With as part of the Pop the Crowd Network. Now, if you couldn't guess by our clues today, that is kind of on you. But our guest today, he has hair, performs wrestling moves, and he finished work at 7pm. If you don't know who it is, I will give a full introduction. We are talking to Cleethorpe's finest, wrestling's wettest man, the former BWR tag team champion, the current BWR cruiserweight champion, a black belt in freestyle martial arts. We are talking to the Grebo grappler himself, Scotty Rourke. Woo! Absolute pleasure to be here, boys. A lot of, the a lot wettest, of fun. The wettest, the wettest, <laughs> the wettest man in British wrestling. <laughs> Do we want to explain that? We... Let's not. Let's not. Let's leave that till after the watershed. That's uh... ah, watershed. Hey, yeah, sure. no, nice. Didn't even know. He uses a herbal essences. Apparently, I've done, me, nice. I've done my research. I've done my research. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scotty Rock conditioner. Yeah, um, leaves it leaves it thick and long. I'm uh, reliably informed. <laughs> <laughs> What have we become? Really, I've been yeah. researched. What a deep dive. Such a deep dive. <laughs> yeah, um, Scotty, as, um, as TNT's Rain of Fire show comes up on this Sunday, we thought it would be only right to get a little, get a little chat with you, um, talk about your story, your rivalry with, with Mark Haskins, where that's going to go, what you're going to do to him this Sunday after all the stress he's put you through, and then just get a little bit of reverent, as we all want to do. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I'm uh, I'm excited for uh, for this Sunday, and uh, I've, as as I keep telling all my friends and family, this is my first uh, wrestling show that I've wrestled in a different country, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, oh. where are you going?" And I'm like, "Wales." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it counts. It counts. It definitely counts. The words you're saying aren't incorrect. You are all of those words are right. You know what I mean? So absolutely, absolutely. technically correct is the most important uh, type of correct. Yeah, doesn't matter. 100%. You are correct. Okay. So this will be your first of many trips out of the country, though, I assume. Uh, I Scotty Rourke International. I would certainly hope. I would certainly hope that's the uh, that's the dream, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if we played just a small part in that, then it's our pleasure. You know what I mean? If <laughs> if, if if this is the start of many, then I'd like to say we, it's our pleasure. We are really, we are really big in that one town in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How, how how many how many of your viewers uh, or listeners do we get from from Oklahoma? Like Strangely, like three. like at least six. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bright red dot on the Spotify <laughs> analytics. So you know we're huge in Oklahoma. Shout out the big I'm okay. Just, yeah. I've just started uh, just started breaking out a little bit down south, and I mean that's almost it feels like a different country. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> starting that starting that regional war straight off. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, we're gonna really upset Andy Bowers when we start the uh, Rough hashtag Greek Rough Enough um, campaign. So <laughs> I'm okay. I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting DMs. So. You're listening, you're listening, you're listening, Bowers. No, 
He's turned off already. <laughs> no. It was about two and a half minutes, and then he's then he's usually turned off. That's it. Well, edit, get this in the first two and a half minutes. We'll get that in. Absolutely, easily. So, uh, Scotty, you started your training at 17 years old at the Grimsby Wrestling Academy, and um, that obviously folded once the head trainer left, and out of the ashes of that came BWR. Could you maybe talk just a little about those early days at BWR potentially? What it was yeah, like. So, it- uh, I I I've always always loved wrestling uh, since I was since I was a kid, um, and uh, you know we're we're going to get deep and heavy. So like when uh, when my dad left, it was me and my mum that uh, would sit up on a night time and we'd watch like WCW and I'd love like the high flying like cruiserweights that WCW had like where you had Guerrero and Rey Mysterio and, and Jericho. But funnily enough, like my favorite wrestlers of that era were actually arguably the, the, the big wrestlers that didn't really move. So I absolutely loved Kevin Nash and, and Goldberg. Um, strangely enough, so did my mum. <laughs> Ladies got taste. She got fantastic taste. <laughs> He's not called big sexy for nothing. Yeah. No. So, uh, yeah, so I, I then sort of grew up and, and started doing, as, as you mentioned earlier, I did, uh, did martial arts from being, uh, about about eight or nine to getting my black belt at 16. But obviously in the background, I'd still always loved like professional wrestling. And I just think in a lot of ways, I've always kind of been a, a performer at heart. So like being in bands and, and like playing gigs and, and doing things like that in front of an audience. So as soon as I got my black belt, I was kind of a little bit like that's a chapter in my life that I feel I've I've got to the point I wanted to get and it was around that time that the uh, the Grimsby Wrestling School did a little bit of a showcase in the middle of the like town centre so it was when it must have been when uh, WWE 13 you know the the Xbox game was mm-hmm. was released so I think they they teamed up with like with game in uh, Grimsby town centre and set up a wrestling ring in the middle of town and we're doing matches on the hour every hour and me being like the sweaty little skater kid that I was was like skating through town and saw this wrestling ring and I was like oh my god what is going on Uh, and that's where they were handing out leaflets and was like do you want to be a professional wrestler and I was like well yeah of course I do Um, and yeah started training just just before I turned 17 Um, And yeah, I think the, the rest has kind of been history. So as you say, like that first school folded and it left uh, it left a lot of like passionate and hungry uh, workers in, in the Grimsby area. And we kind of all came together and we were like, we've witnessed everything that this training school in Grimsby did. Uh, we've taken the positives and taken on board the, the, the not so positives and um, thus BWR was born and yeah I think there was, a, there was a good group of like there was a good core team to get it started and put the legwork in um, early doors and I think it really showed and really paid off because we're now five years down the line with con- recently. consistent sellout shows yeah, had you recently had your anniversary show, didn't you, with um, Kip Sabian, Robbie X? Um, obviously, I think uh, Synergy were in the tag team match. Um, I think you were successful against Two Bit. If 
if my, if my knowledge and facts is correct. So yeah, B, yeah. Uh, BWRs like it's it's been on my list for a while. Um, it's it just puts it puts a lot of good people in good places. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think um, as much as <clears throat> as much as like you you can put no end of work and uh, no end of sort of passion and drive into what you do if you haven't got the sort of the platform to reach out or like a, a good enough sort of station or base to to, to branch out from then uh, it's it's fifty percent talent fifty percent luck isn't it like there's always that element of of you know be having luck on your side I guess. You've always tried to went for at least ninety seven percent luck because we've probably only got about three percent talent. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, three yeah, percent between a percent each. Yeah, I'm a uh, I, I I don't like telling people this, but they always laugh. Um, I once got three percent on a contract law exam when I was studying at university. I pretty much wrote one page. I was like, I don't know any of this. Brilliant. What was your paper on? Um, so it was, it was contract law. And you had to write three different essays and graded the average. Uh, and I went through, you know, when you get those like come to Jesus moments where you're like, I am fucked. And <laughs> um, that happened the night before my exam. Couldn't focus, couldn't study. Looked at the exam paper and was like, I understand one of these questions. It was a choice of 10, by the way. Um, I understood one of them, wrote what I could, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just reset this one in the summer, Craig. All this screams to me is, have you, see, like, have you seen the in-betweeners where Will, Will McKenzie's like chugging Red Bulls and he's like, <laughs> I'm looking at the words and it's not going in. And then he gets himself in an exam. Fortunately, I didn't shit myself. Uh, oh, that'd have been the so... biggest pop of the story. <laughs> that'd have got you. <laughs> that'd have got you to at least ten percent. However, <laughs> well, what, what's the what's that old rule where, like, if you're sitting in an exam and someone drops down dead, everyone gets that predicted grade? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, like, that was like an urban. I'm sure it was an urban myth, wasn't it? Is that, that is that along the same lines as like if your teacher doesn't turn up after fifteen minutes, you're less <laughs> you get a leave. <laughs> That's always yeah, been the rules. Yeah, it's totally been a thing. Totally been a yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, so do you think that with starting BWR with that small core, you kind of had like that chip on your shoulder to be like, no, we, we are going to make a success of this come hell or high water? Yeah, 100%. And uh, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, we've all kept up such like good rapport with each other. Like, it, and, and I know this might sound cringe and cliche to say, but it, it genuinely feels like the people behind BWR are more like a family. Um, and we've, we've kind of, we've kept those values moving forward. I mean, like um, a lot of, a lot of the people have become like my best friends and they've, they've seen me through like the best of times, the worst of times. And, and it's really sort of like we've pulled together, but mainly like we, we, we say this quite often, like when we're, when we're just chatting with each other and like, we've got like, you know, one of those, one of those WhatsApp groups that all, all the kids have got. Um, <laughs> and we, we say that like, we, we, we're literally just, we, we've been successful over five years by just doing our own thing. And I think that that sort of speaks volumes. The fact that we've, we've managed to make ripples and turned ripples into waves across the UK in like the smallest, shoddiest of seaside towns. 
Hey, put some respect on the thub. I was about to say, I, I, Come live, on. A, I live in a shoddy, uh, shoddy seaside town, so I feel young. As do we. You know, proud of it. <laughs> Great people in them shoddy seaside towns need something definitely, to do. Definitely, definitely. We, we've all, our goal, our goal has always been, when people think of Grimsby, we want them to think fish and wrestling. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's a it. hell of a tag team name. I mean, it's a great show name as well. <laughs> Fish and wrestling. Fish and wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Just get yeah. together and make that get happen. Get that on event right, right now. Yeah. It's got to be like a like it. It's got to add another layer to it when you're doing things and you're achieving that level of success. But when you're also doing it on your terms, you're not. No one involves kind of like you know what I mean like no one's sacrificing anything. Everyone's doing it on their terms. Uncompromising. Exactly. Yeah. No compromising. It's it's surely it's got to add. Uh, just another layer to it is like well yeah we're, we're not no one's having to change anything like we are good enough at what we're doing you know what I mean so yeah completely completely and I mean <clears throat> like yeah I, I just think that that in itself it's it's a staple to to the company to the brand and to the people that have seen it from the ground up um and I think it's a real it's it's had a real uh, especially over the last, as I say, five years, we started like five years ago running shows in like different venues that, you know, we were trying out and like maybe weren't suited to us. And it was like, we ran, we ran the first show in like the function room of a rugby club. And now it's like, we're running sellout shows at the Memorial Hall, which it took us, a, like it was a real struggle for us to uh, get the memorial hall on board back with wrestling um so there's there's, there's a decent story behind the cleethorpes memorial hall um they actually ran wrestling shows back in like the late 90s and obviously like whenever you speak to anyone that's a british wrestling fan they'll say like big daddy giant haystacks mick mcmanus um they all wrestled in cleethorpes memorial hall uh brett hart has also wrestled in Cleethorpe's Memorial Hall. That's some lineage, um, that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the the reason it was so difficult to get the Memorial Hall on board with putting wrestling back on after, like, almost 20 years of them saying, no, we're not having wrestling, is because back in, like, the late 90s, um, there was someone that, that was giving the crowd, obviously, a lot of shtick, like, working... Um, some real, real good, like, heel work from back in the day, like the classic sort of, you know, old lady swinging handbags. And, yeah, uh, it, apparently it got that heated that some poor fucker had a heart attack. Jesus. I know, and that's yeah. it. The, the Memorial Hall were like, no more wrestling. No more wrestling shows. <laughs> we, are, we are not covered for, for, for this. <laughs> so it, it really, really took like some convincing to, to, to get in us back in the Memorial Hall. And it was so cool to like, we made the local papers and all sorts of being like wrestling's back at the Memorial Hall for the first time in almost 20 years. Um, and it was, it, was, it was a really cool feeling to, to sort of be back in that, in that, under that roof, I guess. Definitely seems like BWR has a, a sort of punk rock. We did this ourselves. We'll make it our way kind of vibe um i know it's an energy we free enjoy as well it's got to be a nice sort of creative energy for you guys to work in as well 100 percent. and like the one thing that i love the most about like when i used to play gigs or when i'm wrestling now i love the the like the diy hardcore feel uh to it so like uh, I kind of fell out of love a little bit with music for for a little while and like especially like playing and writing music because i feel like 
we're in an age now where if everything isn't clean cut, if everything isn't edited perfectly, if everything isn't like clinical, then like the radios aren't going to touch it. Um, and then me and Clint Majera went to Outbreak Fest in Manchester. And it was just three days of DIY, punk music, hardcore music, and like just the the buzz of the scene. And it was like the big bands that would go, that were, that were headlining the festival, like there was Knock Loose there, there was like Terror, there was um, like Drain from the States, but they were all doing their own sound checks. They were all behind their own merch table, selling their own merch. And they were all like, just genuinely like, pushing their energy into what they were doing and it, that really sort of resonated with me and I was like this is why I fell in love with music this is why I fell in love with wrestling and this is why I fell in love with performing yeah and that um, obviously outbreak with not blues was I right in thinking that was the gig where the audience had to sign disclaimers for if you if you got hospitalized that was your own fault yeah so it is we, we, we turned me in <laughs> Me and Clint turn up <clears throat> on the Thursday night. So we did, we did the, the pre-party. Um, so we did Thursday through to Sunday. And we turn up and they're basically, there's like QR codes and security staff at the front gate saying, if you want to go, so there's like, it's set up into two sections. So you've got like audience and merch tables in the bar then the sound desk and then the audience and then the stage. So like where the pit, where the pits are and stuff at the front, um, there were security and, and staff on. And basically you had to sign or like fill out the form via the QR code. You had to get a gold wristband. Like you were going to some kind of like kids entertainment, all inclusive club. Um, and it was basically like, this is your license to mosh. Um <laughs> And it was just, it was baffling. I've never ever been to a gig before where it's like, you've got to sign a waiver to get in a pit. And if you get your head kicked in, it's on you. There's some yeah. great irony of, um, of Clint Margera, but, but one of the best hardcore wrestlers in the world, <laughs> Deathmatch Supremo, signing a waiver to do a mosh pit. There's something beautifully poetic about that, I feel. I don't know why. 100%. But yeah. I mean, like, absolutely fair fucks to him because, like, the, the, the scenes that I saw... Like for some of the bands was just absolute carnage. Um, and like, obviously like on an evening after the shows and stuff, like obviously you're checking Twitter and you're checking out like the outbreak hashtags and whatever. Um, because there was, uh, because of like the DIY field, there was no crowd barriers. So it was one of those like proper iconic, like punk shows where it was like the audience would get up on the stage and like stage dive. And yeah. And I think after like the second day, like I checked Twitter and it was like, please stay safe guys. I've just seen some <laughs> poor bastard break his neck and like someone had, had like stage dived. No one caught him and, and yeah, he, he got wheeled out there. And then the, the same, the guy that had like sustained the injury replied to the tweet, like, uh, just let you all know, I'm not dead. I am in hospital. Don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> <laughs> no selling it. Love it. But absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Love that attitude. Love to see that. Yeah. Cause I was, um, <clears throat> I was like checking th- Quite similar to yourself. I was checking like Outbreak Festival because um, I've got a mate who uh, I think was out, out at Outbreak, and I just saw like, oh, you've got a you've got to sign basically personal protection waivers to go see Knock Loose. I'm like, that may be one of the most punk rock things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was great. It makes, it, it, it makes sense. It was the energy as well, man. It was it was the energy of like 
um, just the, the 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 fact that we were all there for for the same reasons and like a lot of like the punk guys and the hardcore guys and stuff like obviously that's where all like the straight edge movement started so it was like there was guys there was people there that were that were drinking that were absolutely shit faced there were guys there that were stone cold sober but everyone was just loving life and there for like the right reasons and let me like the memes that came from like license to mosh and like <laughs> if you if you've not got a gold wristband boys you're not coming in like it was it was great I was good. I, I really wanted everyone to go down. I, I, the only festival that I've seen that was quite like that in terms of lineup. Did you remember there was a festival called Heavy Fest for a few years down? Um, I went twice and it was genuinely in a zoo. So, right. like, if you had you had a you had a few hours in the afternoon where you just wanted to chill out, go and go and see some gorillas. You know what I mean? Just go and see some alpacas. Best one of the best gigs I've been. If I was looking through the lineup the other day and look at it, like it's insane. Like the the bands that were playing, but again, it was like that whole thing of like that community. But also, like if if we, if we don't want to be here, look after each other. Get yourself and see some llamas. You know what I mean? Like just <laughs> yeah, something yeah. here for everyone. Yeah, that that would yeah. be that would be ideal for our lass as well. Like I reckon <laughs> if I if I took her to a hardcore show. And all, all the bands and all the music was like heavy breakdowns, dirty riffs, and just some animal screaming into a microphone. And I was like, well, if you don't want to come and see like Knock Loose, just take yourself off. Go go to like the penguin area. Go go check out some penguins. So shame they're not it's a shame they're not running Heavy Fest anymore, because that'd have been amazing. Yeah. I don't know if that was part and parcel of Tawada stuff. It wasn't <laughs> in it. It was like just outside, like in the car park. But yeah. Uh just unbelievable there's that sense of community that that is like when everyone's there for the same reason and also animals like it just it, it also kind of it, it just drives everyone so it, it totally kind of links up with the bwr stuff as well in terms of like, like driving each other and yeah. like being being your own cheerleader which is probably like the, the best thing really you know just believe yeah. believe your own hype for a bit like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I absolutely, like, I don't like bigging myself up. I don't like sort of talking about myself and, and like, sort of putting myself on any kind of, like, pedestals because I, I know that I'm not cool. At the end of the day, I'm not the dog's bollocks. I'm a little geeky, grebby skater kid from Grimsby that sometimes wears spandex. Um, and just to be able to sit back and be like, we have achieved and built this brand that is now John. Yeah. <laughs> this brand that is now John. Hello, John. This brand that is now John. John this, this brand that, um, that, that is now, yeah, like nationwide known is, is, is an incredible feeling. It's definitely like when you think about UK promotions, like BWR is absolutely in a conversation of, of the first ones you think. Yeah. That's, as I say, like just hearing that from someone that's not, you know, me and the team is it, it means more than I think you realize. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're from Newcastle and it's been on our list too. But you know, we try to get around the shows. The BWR show has been on our list since probably before lockdown. Um, we'll get there eventually. We'll get down there eventually. Um, we're excited for it as well. Good, good fish and chips. Trains, when the train stops oh, striking, don't anger the train. No, no. If you have to go through Doncaster train station, then I absolutely pity you. We, train don't, station, we, we don't know. We don't know we do, yet. Yeah, we um, don't know yet. Um, they're yeah. they're going to be striking the day we travel down for TNT. 
with for the um the GCW show. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. potential strikes for that weekend. So. Oh, that's rough. That yeah. is rough. Man. Yeah. Just for clarity, I support the reason they're doing it. I'm just more upset at the fact that it's impacting me. How terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, no, solidarity like, there. Yeah, what a like, first I'm, world problem. Just crack oh, out smiling, boys. I'm crack aware. them out. I'm aware. Like, I'm with them, but, oh. <laughs> day, you know what I mean? Like, can, can we not just... Can we just stop Fletcher talking about politics and we'll move on to rest them before he gets himself cancelled? <laughs> <laughs> so, on TNT, see how I made that segue oh, from the nice. trains. Love, love to see it, love to see it. Guys, I'm on fire. Um, so professionalism, yeah. Thank you. Thank someone's got to. Someone's got to keep it up. Take that, Mister Raw. So we were down, um, and we saw your tremendous triple threat match against uh, Robbie X and Mark Haskins um, coming up this weekend. You have a, a great match against Mark Haskins. So f- from the Twelve-year-old little skater kid who you know helped promote his own wrestling company to be in the world in the ring with one of the best in the world. I don't think it's an understatement to say that Mark Haskins is one of the best in the world. No, no. How's that? How's that? How's that hype feeling for you right now? Are you is it butterflies? Are you buzzing? Are you like where's the excitement level at? Honestly, like I'm absolutely stoked. I, I, I really am. Um, the, the first time me and Haskins wrestled was back in March. Um, and it was obviously the, the show that I lost the TNT Ultra X title. So I won the, I won the, the championship back in August 2021. And I held it for just over six months. You were building uh, that division. Very pretty title as well, by the way. Very, yeah, very. I'm a big fan of the red leather. Yeah, yeah, works. For, hey, yeah. you're pulling it off. Well done. Um, but yeah, so like wrestling, because I, I was working both uh, extreme and ignition. So I was working like two TNT shows a month, uh, defending that belt on every show for best part of, well, as I say, just over six months. So you, look, there's got to be like at least a dozen defenses there against people like Kid Like Us 2, Ethan Allen, Darice. Um, and like genuinely some of the like the the best up and comers that, that the UK has to offer right now. Um, so to then take it to the next level and defend that title against someone who is established worldwide was like it felt like a big milestone to me. And I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna come in there and say, oh, I was cool, calm and collected. I was I was shitting bricks, honestly. And like it was one of those moments where, like, you, like, I watched the match back, and it's like I feel, even though I didn't win, and even though I like I lost the championship, and 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 Haskins beat me, I feel very very proud of that match. Just to be able to say that I held my own with one of the best talents in the world. Um, and then fast forward, sort of four or five months later to that triple threat match, and it yeah. all comes around full circle. Um, where I get like that shot back at the title and get to wrestle in the same ring as not only Mark Haskins, but Robbie X, who is genuinely, I would say, no bullshit, the best high flyer in Europe. Well, we said that room once and he said the world and we didn't want to disagree with him. No. Um, I, don't, so, I, don't think I, I don't think I can disagree, but, but also to. like my my knowledge of, of like American Indies and things like I, 
I'm, I'm not that vastly sort of broad, I guess. Yeah. But I, I would hands down say one of the best, if not the best flyers in the world. Um, also a very, very good friend of mine. Um, so that was that was a really, really cool moment um, to be in, in the ring with those two. Um, and yeah, again, it was one of those matches where it was like, I feel like I went in as the underdog, but showed that I can hang with the best of them. It was it, 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 not just saying this because of, yeah, it was an absolutely tremendous match. We we absolutely loved it. Um, you were you were you. I know you're not from Liverpool, but you definitely had that hometown hero kind of vibe. Um, the, the TNT crowd were definitely all for you. Question about that match, uh, and I've been dying to ask you. And I do have a follow up once you've asked this. That's fine. Um, so you seem like a nice guy, Scott. You seem like you've got everything switched on. Why, you know, when you stood up on a balcony and you're just thinking, I'm about to throw myself on on the Mark Haskins and Robbie X down there. What's what's your actual thought process? Like what you're thinking? Yeah, right. <laughs> We're asking this both as fans, but also as as just concerned people. Just, just being your Ari, just want to it know. It was a hell fine. of a dive. It was yeah. a hell of a dive, but ooh, yeah, what were you thinking? First and foremost, I'm thinking, fuck me, this is iron. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think you can you can always you can always tell which shows that um, my girlfriend's at and which shows my girlfriend's aren't. Right. Or like which shows okay. I've told my girlfriend I'm going to do something stupid and which shows I haven't. Mm. Um, but uh, no, I feel like, again, I'm not, I'm not going to downplay this. I feel like a lot of people claim to be fearless and like, you know, they... They don't feel fear and like, you know, they, they, they're, they're doing it for, for the adrenaline and, and, and all the rest. And, and that's cool. But it's also not fucking true. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I, I love the adrenaline. Like I spent years skating. I spent years gigging and I've spent years now wrestling. There is nothing that makes you feel more alive than doing something that absolutely terrifies you. So as much as in those moments, they're a little bit like touch and go, and you kind of stood up there like, okay, this is higher than I thought it would be, but but if I don't jump off this, I'm going to look a dick. So you're kind of forcing yourself into a situation that's uncomfortable. And Almost I guess- bullying it's, it's, yourself into it. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's it's a lot how people like must view things like bungee jumping or skydiving or things like that. Like it's the it's the whole reason people watch horror films, right? And and like horror horror as a genre is one of the most loved film genres out there. But people love to feel scared because it's that thing that terrifies you that makes you feel most alive. Yeah, when you yeah. Do you know, did you did you go up there before the match? Like, had you had a look or was it just that I'm going to get up there and see what happens? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Scared of heights. Scared of heights. <laughs> <Terrified. laughs> no, literally walked in, eyed it up and was like, 
I'm going to do something silly tonight. <laughs> I'm done off that. <laughs> and you didn't just fancy a classic Axe Arnold smash? Didn't just, you know... No? Oh, bro, honestly, think of your ankles. Oh, yeah, oh, fair. Fair, fair point. Valid <laughs> point. Fair point. Think of your ankles. <laughs> think Mine's of your ankles. off a balcony. <laughs> <laughs> My, Although um, I did end up with, uh, I did, I did actually get, uh, I had gravel rash on my ass for about three days. Lovely. <laughs> my um, my follow up is actually uh, for your partner. Actually, um, did you know he was going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> so was, uh, what was your reaction? And when you saw the video, how much were you shitting yourself? Um, I think you can hear whenever he does something. Cause I always record the the, the matches, and whenever he does something stupid, you could just hear me going. Ah! Uh, uh, making stupid noises that I've never made before um, and I'm, you can usually hear me go for fuck's sake beforehand <laughs> we but made a lot of those same noises so well. he, he sells it so well as well so I'm like is he okay is he actually okay and I'm like it, oh yeah it's my heart rate goes up like ridiculous amounts I put my Apple watch on to see what it does put, put, a, put, a, put a Fitbit on you and just put, send a little screenshot to there it literally goes up about 20 extra beats per minute when he's when he's wrestling <laughs> and that's when I'm not jumping off shit yeah. <laughs> Jesus just on horror movies by the way um, big horror movie fan I don't know if anybody's seen the new Winnie the Pooh blood and honey trailer came out today looks <laughs> You know, they make Winnie the Pooh a horror movie. Uh, Christopher Robbins left him and Eon Piglet alone in the woods that went feral. They started killing people. Looks tremendous. That Looks brilliant. petrifying. Can't wait. Yeah, let's see that. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, I just thought I'd add that aside. No, no, it's <laughs> um, If you want to talk horror films, what's what's the uh, what's the best? What, what's the most recent horror film you've seen, and what's the best horror film you've ever seen? Oh, Jesus. Uh, so I'm old school. Um, I'm very much 80s horrors, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, that sort of stuff. Um, recently, what have I enjoyed? Um, we went to see Get Out Together, Whiteman, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was also probably the last horror movie I've seen. Yeah. I am a love soft, I'm a soft shite. Yeah, I love anything Jordan Peele does, really enjoying that. Enjoyed his Candyman remake as well. I watched that recently. thought that was very good. Um, I don't know. I just enjoy all of the horrors, but mostly like like the classic eighties sort of like and like puppetry ones. Like I don't want CGI horror. I want like real bad, practical yeah, practical effects. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a big horror guy. Like, mm, that's good. Nah, like <laughs> if you used to want to go, me and Scott, you'll. <laughs> the only one that I remember watching there. <laughs> Yeah, it genuinely terrified us because I watched it in a house when we made it just moved into and it was all you had sur- it basically had the telly set up and that was it. So you had massive surround sound in a certain but it was like a massive like empty house, so everything echoed. Um was the strangers. Ooh. That was fantastic. In oh, cinema, that was also that fantastic. House? Yeah. But the big part is obviously a big part of that's the knocking on the door. So when that mm. knocking happened, like oh out my skin, <laughs> I was out my mind, I didn't sleep for weeks. Um, that and I've recently watched The Orphanage, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah I he doesn't that. mess around. Yeah. One of those ones you've got to read, got the subtitles at the bottom. Um, but no, it was really good. They call that a foreign film, Greg. Yeah. yeah, it was really good, really good. Nice. Um, I didn't think it was that scary, but I'm hard as out, you know what I mean? So, um, 
I think it's meant to be a horror, but I, nah, I don't dip my toes into horror because there's adverts that give me the creeps. You know what I mean? I'm like, hold this on till I'm bread. And I'm like, it's 4.30 in the afternoon, lads. What are you playing at? Well, so this, this, is, this is pre-watershed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but Strangers knocked me for six. Uh, and other than that, I think once I watched that, I was like, nah, not for me. I'm just going to keep myself up with, with light, light comedies. Um, yeah. Something... So my favourite horror that I've watched, probably Wreck. Um, Wreck is terrifying, um, especially the the last few scenes with the, in the air in the attic. Um, if you have seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, don't watch it. I'm um, shocked you've watched that. I'm oh, surprised. Um, I'm proud. A little bit proud. It's, oh, it's it's terrifying. Utterly terrifying. And um, the most recent one I've watched. Again, not a big horror guy. Um, I watched Midnight Mass, the Netflix limited season. Oh, that was a great so series. Good. So good. Um, without giving any spoilers away to anyone listening, um, that speech at the end set off my own realisation of mortality so badly I had a panic attack. You did? You text me about that. Anxiety was through the yeah. roof of that speech. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. If, if you've seen it, you know exactly which bit yeah. I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. On it, just me, me heart went to the point where I had a panic attack. I was like, cool, that was fantastic. I am never watching that again. Great. <laughs> I need my therapist on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was I me at the time, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that was me at the time. Yeah. That um that series was fantastic. They're doing the second series of uh Haunt of Hill House for Netflix. Oh, I'm guessing it's coming honestly, in October again. One of yeah. our favorite series. We loved yeah. uh we loved Haunting of Hill House, we loved Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, fantastic. We, uh, we loved uh Midnight Mass. Um, but yeah, I think when it when it comes to, to horrors and stuff, like I'm I was a big fan of like the cult classics. Like yeah. uh, me and Lucy sat and watched all of the Scream franchise start to finish yeah. when the new one came out. Yeah. Uh, and and literally like spent about two or three weeks just ordering pizza, watching those films. And it was it was it was our little like our little safety net, I guess, which which sounds almost like a <laughs> juxtaposition. Um, yeah. But then the other night we watched uh, we watched Doctor Sleep, which yes, the Shining, ah, the, Shining. the sequel to The Shining. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, so good. Yeah. So good. Very good. You McGregor. Yes. You? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Really, really good. <laughs> big, big thumbs up from me. My heart rate's going. Just listen to this. Like, <laughs> mm. well, um... It's all right. Just. We we always we always we'll finish watching a horror film and then we'll put on something like an Adam Sandler comedy. Yeah, just, just stick to just, just to bring us down. Hot tub, to hot tub time machine, sort of. Hot tub time machine, <laughs> pineapple yeah. express. Yeah, classics. Yeah, classics. Can't be good stuff. Um, one of one of our uh, so we we regularly in work little pre-production meetings write down just a, a lot of irreverent and shy questions. So it could actually seg quite nicely into what's your Top three British comedies of all time. Oh, films or TV shows? Uh, we Carl, we usually go TV shows, don't we? We usually do TV shows. I'll, I'll tell you where this stemmed from, Scotty, is because there was a poll probably about three or four years ago. Oh, don't, um, don't get his arm. I, I'm going to. I've had in, a good day. In Mrs. Brown's Boys was voted the best British comedy of all oh, time. Oh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I you. was. We spent a whole day working together just shouting comedies angry like each <laughs> other that were all better than it. So that's where this questions came from. So I'm assuming it's not making your top three. 
absolutely not. It would, wouldn't even make my top 100. Yeah, I'm, yeah same. Yeah. Oh, um, so, number one is my all-time favourite and arguably my biggest comfort show that I will re-watch and have probably seen in the last six years, 60 times over, uh, and that's Peep Show. Great. Absolutely Great love, love yeah. Peep Show. Um, I love Alan Partridge, so we'll put uh, I'm Alan Partridge, both series, as second. And... Oh, there's so many to mention. That There really are so many to mention. I think one that I've watched over and over again, I think it's, it's got to come in number third, uh, purely, as I say, because of just the amount I've seen it. And I'm a little bit of a soppy bugger. Uh, Gavin and Stacey. Yeah. 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 Does a great job. Yeah. I uh, love that. I mean, honourable mentions, Benidorm. Benidorm is quite... <laughs> nice. That <laughs> really is. It yeah, really like, is. like my my partner started watching it a couple of weeks ago, and I've just always had the idea of I've got any interest in it. It's just it's just Tim it's just Tim Healy. It's like, um, oh. but then I watched a couple of episodes and like you know what well, this is actually like this is actually quite entertaining. Yeah, got us, got us absolutely hooked on it. Yeah, I think I did I did the same with our last like we literally started watching it like two three weeks ago and we're already like halfway through season four. Um, but I think Gavin and Stacey ties in quite nicely because I've managed to uh, soften the blow, so to speak, of the five-hour drive to Cardiff for TNT Reign of Fire on the 4th of September. Plug, 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 plug. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, was, that, was, that was fantastic. Seamless. 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 You can barely tell. You can barely Ever the tell. professional. Yeah, uh, yeah I've managed to, to, to soften, the, soften the blow of the... 10 hour round trip by googling how close Barry Island is to Cardiff and after TNT on the Sunday we're going to go to Barry Island on the Monday morning and enjoy a long day round where Gavin and Stacey was filmed that's pretty yeah, good live the dream yeah. live the dream go put in Smithy's your... water for a curry yeah <laughs> On your way there, so let's let's presume because you are going to be crossing international borders, let's presume something disastrous happens um, and you end up stranded on a desert island. <laughs> However, you've had the foresight to take three CDs or an, because an people MP3, still carry CDs. Yeah, <laughs> or you've got enough bandwidth to just listen to three albums while you're. Stranded on this desert island. I don't think anyone's ever done this podcast before. It's never, it's um, never been done before. Brand new idea. Yeah, this. Done, you should copyright this. It's a, it's a brand new IP created just now. Uh, <laughs> but you can only, you can only listen to three albums for the length that you are on this island, which is undetermined. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, what three albums are you taking? What are you downloading? <clears throat> are you on your own? So, it's Pearl Jam Ten. Unbelievable. Fletcher's going to love you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fletcher needs a moment right now. Yeah, Hands down, my favourite album of all times. Um, It is Blink-182, but I'm going to bend the rules a little bit and say it's the Tom, Mark and Travis show, the live album. The live album. Airplane. For a second. 
Go on. You were going to go full Partridge and say the greatest hits, the best of, but that's fine. <laughs> that's, um, that's, the album. that's the album where they've got like 20, 30 minutes of outtakes where they're just like yeah. riffing on each other Yeah, on stage. It's so I fun. think not only is it like Enema of State start to finish, but it's also like borderline a stand-up comedy routine, so pure entertainment value. Um, oh, see the last one. Do I want to go classic or do I just want to go full grab? Um, if we were talking classic, the greatest album ever written of all time, and you cannot tell me any other, is Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Yes, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, out of moment. <laughs> yes, Scotty Rourke. Yes, Scotty Rourke. Fletcher, shut up. <laughs> but he, you had me at Pearl Jam. You had me at Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? That's absolutely fine. But He's I do think that all take... three of us very happy at the same time. Yeah. I'd have to take as my third album, uh, Deftones Around the Fur. Fletcher's going to be buzzing. Oh, yes. <laughs> White Pony. White Pony and or Diamond Eyes are both up there as well. They are yeah. both like, it's, it's a, and it depends on the day. Really, like, depends 100%. what day you get you on. Have you listened to the uh, White Pony remix? Yes. Oh, Mike Shinoda's Passenger is beautiful. Oh, sublime. Beautiful. It's a great remix album. As far as remix albums goes, like, it's one of the best, but Deftones yeah. are criminally underrated. Yeah, I awesome. com- completely agree. Uh, wouldn't say, wouldn't say the best remix album of all time because that obviously has to go to Linkin Park and Jay Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nailed it. Scotty, you're making fans tonight. Oh yeah, gotta <laughs> <laughs> be firm friends. Yeah, hell of a shout, hell of a shout. Yeah, um, and great albums, great albums. You've got an album that's an album, and also like I say, a stand-up, like a stand-up comedy set as well. So taking all thinking, you're thinking thirty twenty-two, not twenty twenty-two. Oh so yeah, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm going to be on this on this island a long time. <laughs> Love it. A podcast you might enjoy, other than ours. Um, <laughs> uh, one of mine and Fletcher's favourites. You might not listen to it. It's called 60 Songs uh, That Made the 90s. Yeah, um, Spotify. 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 It's unbelievably good. Um, it, it deals with, like, this Pearl Jam on there. Like, it just, just a guy called Rob Harvilla, who was a music critic for so many years, just going through these songs, but, like, where he was in his life at the time and stuff. And it's just, listen to it. I'd never do it justice when I explain it to people, but it's unbelievably good. It's and he's also up to like 77 songs now. Yeah. <laughs> the best way I've found is that it's like listening to someone read a magazine piece describing the song. So right. I think it was an Alice in Chains one he did for Wood, but he starts, mm. he only starts speaking about them after about 20 minutes, spends the first 20 minutes talking about like uh, Temple of the Dog loads of like and, and a bit of sound so he kind of goes in like the history of the band and then the song and it's it's so good like it's for like and then he plays the song at the end which is a really nice touch um yeah but and he gets something in the interview with them but 60 songs that define the 90s define the maybe. 90s yeah he just did the yeah. cranberries the last episode he did was the cranberries zombie it's just just unreal honestly highly I'm, recommend I'm, I'm feeling like i need to i need to dig out my old like um audio degree like assignments because if I were to, I reckon if I were to read one of my audio assignments as a podcast, I think it'd, it'd be a similar sort of vibe. I did a uh, 3,000 word um, essay 
on No Doubt, Just a Girl. Amazing. And it was, it was all about um, sexism and feminist oppression of the music industry in the 90s. And it was just a pretty much a breakdown of that song. And I just fucking love Gwen Stefani. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? And he probably got more than 3% as well. So, so. you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a callback. That's a callback. Honestly, we're not terrible at this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we've been doing it three years. We've got to pick someone up. Yeah, every now and we've then. Went, we've, went, we've went from uh, me and you talking over, a, talking over a kitchen microphone to website and pre- getting press tickets. It's, oh, wow. yeah. Times have changed. I'm sold out. I'm sold out. <laughs> and I love every second of it. Mm. Um, I do have to ask, though, obviously, um, when you're getting ferried around for your shows, who's got the worst broad playlist in British wrestling that you've experienced oh, so far? Great question. Great. Like, let's, let's, not, let's not be nice. Let's not, let's not be like, whose music taste is dog shit? <laughs> let's put some people on blast let's go <laughs> you see oh, I don't know if I would my my music taste is very very broad and very very colourful we shall say um, so again I think I feel like there's there's playlists out there that I really really shouldn't like but I absolutely love um, so immediately like I have to jump to the fact that like JJ Webb listens to nothing but Scooter. Tremendous. <laughs> but he's only got three songs. Well, <laughs> how long's the journey? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, but even then, like inside, I'm like, I fucking love Scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a bit of guilty pleasure yeah. for some Scooter, you know. 100%. Yeah. Um, oh, I tell you what, I've actually, I've actually got an answer to this now. Um, I once sat in the car, and this is gonna this is gonna out the boys, and I feel like they are gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna get my ass kicked at training. Uh, <laughs> no one's listening. We, we were in um, a car journey from Morecambe to Hull, driving back. So that's two and a half, nearly three hours. Reese and Rogan, fucking love country music. Oh, yeah. well, two seconds. Two. What kind of country music? Because <laughs> if we're talking Johnny Cash, I've got a Johnny Cash tattoo and meaning about a farlet. <laughs> oh no, no, it, it was like like Kenny Rogers. Oh, okay, Islands in the Stream. <laughs> a little bit less Islands in the Stream, more like the game. Uh, okay. No how to hold it, no when to fold, and I'm like, oh, it, it sounds like I'm in the car with my granddad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being 13 years old and having to, so we went on like a family holiday to Disneyland Paris. And the only thing, so bearing in mind, I'm 24, so this is 11 years ago, 13 years old. The only thing in the car was a Jimmy Nail cassette. Yes. <laughs> We're from the Northeast, so let's be very Come careful. Come on, yeah, Scotty. put some respect uh, on that man's I name. <laughs> Nah, I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered. Jimmy Neil. That's Jimmy Neil spelled all caps. That's how much respect we put on Jimmy Neil up here. I am Jimmy Neil. Jimmy Neil spelled all caps. And it was a cassette. My granddad had a cassette player in his car of crocodile shoes. Was, was, what else was on that? Was that just crocodile shoes 47 times? <laughs> there was a B-side. You could, you could take the cassette out, flip it over. There was another track. But all I remember is crocodile shoes yeah. for about six hours. <laughs> the, uh, 
well-known Crocodile Shoes 47-minute remix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe not one of the best remix albums of all time. Yeah. I love that was a decade ago and you're still holding on to that. <laughs> oh, I, am, I am bitter. I am extended you, outro. Great heel turn of, like, you ever come back to Newcastle. When you come back to Newcastle, just you and a Jimmy Nail cassette and just smash it up. <laughs> yeah, T-shirt, all caps, fuck Jimmy Nail. Yeah. <laughs> we, um... At North, the last show, um, we had one of your namesakes, um, Scotty Too Hotty, uh, was on the card, and he brought his son along, um, and his son's called Keegan, and just that name, that name in the northeast got a special reverence, so uh, just had the entire Anarchy Brewery just chant, Keegan, Keegan. Keegan Too Hotty doesn't have the same ring to it, though. No. <laughs> you and Scotty going to have a match to decide who gets the, the name Scotty? Just there, is a, there is a there's a picture back from uh, like TNT back in March, and it is when Scotty met Scotty. Nice. Uh, <laughs> me and Scotty too. Me and Scotland to Hotland backstage. Oh, <laughs> did you didn't that listen to the show? <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned previously about um, how proud you were with the match with Haskins, and, and undoubtedly, like re, like it was an unbelievable match. Are there any other matches that, what would you say is the match that you are, for, for reasons maybe leading into the match or for reasons that might have happened in the match, what is the match that you are most proud of? So not maybe is what your favourite match is, but, but what match are you sort of most proud of with when it comes to like the end, the end product? Yeah, I think um, the, the entire thing that I was doing at Catch, where I was like chasing Thelwell um, and then that led to like me and Thelwell having a, a title match for the catchweight championship uh, referee gets gets knocked out and I mean little little Scott little little Scott Bell uh, the ref is an absolute uh, he's a slut for a ref bump he loves a <laughs> ref bump uh, I, I, won't, I won't mince my words and we tell him all the time um, <laughs> But uh, so referee gets taken. <laughs> You're right. Struggle with that one. Really did. Just caught him. Yeah. So yeah, ref gets taken out. Surprise, surprise. It's Scott Bell. Um, um, which leads to Danny Proper getting off the off the uh, commentary team, ripping off his shirt. There's the ref shirt underneath. Big pop. I turn round. Hit Thelwell with the Telson kick. One, two. Danny Proper throws me the bird, screws me over completely. Thelwell hits a low blow. There's the fast count, and it, it is still known now as the Mancunian screw job, uh, which led to um, a Grimsby Rules street fight the show after. And it was me and Tyler Devlin, who is my best friend. So me and Tyler Devlin in a street fight against Thelwell and Danny Proper. And it was just carnage. Like, if you were to watch it, like, it, it again, might, might not have been, like, the five-star classic or, like, anything like that. But I think that match meant the world to me to be able to, like, tag with my best friend, to do some hardcore stuff. Because, I mean, we all watched ECW as kids, didn't we? Um so that that was that was a really really cool moment. Um, but other than that, yeah, things like uh, TNT 
building me up so much and like having so much faith in me to um, not only carry the Ultra X division, but put me on with uh, like a world-class talent like Haskins uh, and then run me and Haskins. This will be the third time that me and Haskins have wrestled in a TNT ring on Sunday. Um, and then obviously for my home promotion, the night that I like captured the BWR championship, that was again, another incredible moment where it just, it felt like the roof came off and it was, yeah, I honestly just, I couldn't have genuine tears, genuine tears were, were streaming. Yeah. That was the, um, two or three falls match, wasn't it? The uh, yeah. Yeah. I completely forgot that it was, uh, it was good, but yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah, do, do, do me research, Scotty. Do me research. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just remember bleeding. <laughs> what a great time. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's fascinating that you and Tyler Devlin are, are best mates when you think of like their styles are so like polar opposites. Like not to try and pull that curtain back too much, but like what are the conversations like with you two? Because obviously you're, you're like a very, it's the, the way I describe you to, anyone it's if malachi black was sped up like you've got the hard-hitting style but some of some of the flips you can do it's just like well jesus and obviously tyler is like a big name in the uk hardcore scene got to imagine those conversations are very much oh yeah so i smashed him with a chair put him through some tubes so ah mental (laughs) 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 it's it's a weird one. It it really is because, again, like wrestling and like tagging with with my best friend in in Tyler Devlin. When it comes to like actual wrestling matches and stuff, and when when we're wrestling on the same shows as each other, I genuinely leave him alone because it's it's not my best mate Tyler. It's Tyler fucking Devlin, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, there is, there's that shift into, um, there's obviously a shift in, in performers where like, as I say, like the adrenaline's coming through and like the moment before you step out of a curtain. So I can't even imagine the, the shift in mindset of like pre-match hyping yourself up to go out there and, and do a death match. Mm-hmm. Um, but day to day, like conversation. I mean, I I call Tyler Devlin, or he calls me. Normally, he calls me at the most inopportune times. He, he rings me every day, and he's like, "Where are you?" And I'm like, "I'm in the gym. Where else would I be?" And it's every it's every time. But uh, we 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 chat sort of half an hour, forty five minute conversations almost every day, just catching up and stuff. Because uh, he he lives down in London now, um, and so I don't I don't see him as often as as uh, as we'd both like, but. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just just shooting the shit with your best mate, but uh, being able to, as I say, share a ring with him and have a laugh with him when he's in full like hardcore Tyler Devlin gonna fuck you up mode. Yeah, was, it was an experience. You know what I mean? And it's a, it's a question that it's a question I get asked um, quite frequently: is would I ever dabble in deathmatch wrestling? And my response is usually, I've spent far too much money on tattoos to <laughs> ruin them with scarring. 
I was going. I was going to actually ask that because obviously, if you do a lot of work with TNT, TNT do a lot of deathmatch hardcore, but not for you. Like dabble every now and then, but not like. I, I've done. I've done TLC. I've done. I quit. I've done a uh, street fight here and there. Um, but like a on a tank match, not for you. Oh, <laughs> no. mate, tell me where to sign. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, I think the the most. I have taken is attack bump, so like drawing pins, um, and even then, again, I don't know what it is, but it was mostly in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yours takes the brunt of it, from what I understand. I was about to say it's, uh, it's hardest working, hardest working part. Yeah, <laughs> I won the tax. How were how were they? Were they? <laughs> <laughs> oh great! He's 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 he's, he's, uh, he's well, yeah, I've always wanted I've always wanted to try acupuncture. I'm just figuring out like I'm on a budget. You know what I mean? Like, is it was it how was it compared to the balcony drum? Um, I guess I guess different sen- oh, different sensations. Um, <laughs> um, so the 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 balcony jump, I say I have a lot more control in. So mm. it's like you're stuck there and you're like why am I doing this to myself like (laughs) but also I've come this far so I can't really step down because you know I'll look a bit of a dick Uh, whereas the tack mum obviously it's like someone throwing you into thumbtacks so I had less control less say in the matter Um, (laughs) but I'd say the, the, the body slam that I took into thumbtacks wasn't as painful as the kick out afterwards. Yeah. Oh, oh, I. Oh, yeah. when you move, mm, yeah. the movement. Mm. Yeah. Because mm. I think, I think that's something that people people neglect to think about. Is obviously when when yeah. you kick out of something, you're kicking out with your whole body and you're throwing your body from the canvas up. So it's like almost like another mini bump. So yeah, the the kick out afterwards just sucks a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we wanted to introduce a segment that we've all already forgotten about um, and it was going to be called uh, Scotty Doesn't Know and um, right. big pop <laughs> <laughs> and honestly it was literally just going to be giving you facts and just saying did, did, did you know so uh, did you know that Japan records the most earthquakes out of any country in the world but the most earthquakes actually occur in Indonesia. Scotty didn't know. know. (laughs) (laughs) That's just shouldn't have worked, but it did. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Baby Jesus. (laughs) And the the next question, this isn't linked to Scotty doesn't know, is um, truth or dare? Oh, We'll go there. Okay, excellent answer. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so you're facing off against Mark Haskins on Sunday. Um, <laughs> the third match, have you got him scouted out this time? Um, is there anything you might bust out that you've been training for? How how pumped are you to hopefully get that finally get that win against uh, Overkill? I feel himself? like I feel like we're really brushing over this truth or dare leaving you hanging. <laughs> that's that's Whiteman's being. Yeah, dying he's to bit. get somebody am, with that. 
for so long. <laughs> Both me and Carl had no input. Like, I'm so sorry. I can only apologise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been trying to pull out the truth of dare. Whatever you say it was going to be. Good answer. Moving on. That's that's the someone joke. diagnosed with GAD, like generalised anxiety disorder. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> How pumped am I for this match? Not as pumped as I am right now, boys. Well. <laughs> We'll have to put a disclaimer at the start of this episode, won't we? We'll have to pop one in. Yeah. We'll sign a waiver, get you a gold wristband. <laughs> License to mosh. Yeah. Um, um, so, the, yeah, the, the, the Haskins, the, this being my, my third time sharing a ring with him, um, I feel like there was a lot of things that I said in the, in the promo that genuinely ring true in the sense of, like, I think he's a, he's a little bit put out and a little bit sort of doesn't know how to take me in the sense of the first time we wrestled, he hit me with every move in his arsenal or every move I thought was in his arsenal. And I still got up and I still kicked out um, to the point where the second time we wrestled, obviously triple threat rules, everyone knows in a triple threat match, uh, there's no disqualifications. And it was a, I say it was a lovely, lovely wrestling match. It wasn't. Um, it was. It was a sportsman-style wrestling match up until uh, the final few minutes, where, where he just it, kept kicking us in the bollocks. Where he just kept kicking us in the bollocks. <laughs> um, so yeah, kick like that. That was it. Kicking the dick. Sabu to chair at my head. Um, kicked Robbie in the dick. Sabu to chair at his head, and then power bombed Robbie on top of me. I feel that's it's just not very nice. Not very sportsman, is it? Um, so again, I'm, it's not very nice. No. Not very nice. Um, luckily, me like we've had this conversation before, and um, I don't want kids, so fine. <laughs> um, Next match, kick harder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a favour. <laughs> um, no, so um, I think, as I say, it's it's getting to the point now where Haskins is like he's grasping at straws to try and find things that will put me away. So uh, have I got him scouted? I think to say yes is to be optimistic, but to say no would be underselling myself. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. Um, it's, a, it's a shame that we're not going to be down there. Um, but hopefully hopefully we'll get you back up back up north sometime soon as well. Um, yeah. Potentially Start north. north. Hashtag rough enough. Hashtag rough enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you are if you are gonna if you are gonna miss the action this Sunday, then you can watch TNT on Pro Wrestling TV on demand, Ooh. and you can also catch BWR on demand and catch up with everything that I'm up to. There okay. we go. Plug plug plug. Oh, on fire. This, this Such guy. A worker. Such a worker. Professional of a call. You're gonna get a bonus off both TNT and BWR. <laughs> We're going to play this guy. That's some money. Um, so even though I know it was kind of light, lightly touched on in jest there with the GAD, obviously we know you're, um, you've got qualifications in being a mental health first aider. Um, why do you think it's so important that, honest, honestly, especially especially between like men in like that mid, mid-20s and mid-30s, why do you think it's so important that we keep destigmatizing mental health issues? I think it's it's so important because no one should be 
losing lives, losing friends, losing loved ones this early on in life. And I say that as someone who didn't plan on turning 20 years old. I say that as someone that uh, had intentions to take his own life when he, before he turned 20. So arguably these last four years have been bonus years that yeah yeah it's a a nihilistic way of looking at it but i do kind of know what way i come from what you're what you're talking about with it so to say that these last four years have been like bonus years and for them to have been arguably the making of me and the best years of my life in terms of like mental health emotional support physical fitness uh career aspirations I've, I've got a, I've got a fucking, I've got a mortgage. I suppose <laughs> you, you're locked in a lot for thirty years. Yeah, yeah, I've got, a, I've got yeah, a don't I know mortgage. about it. Yeah. <laughs> cats, um, got cats. You got cats. Got cats. I've You've got, got the most supportive partner I've ever met in my entire life. Um, I think it, it's it's super important to to break down the stigma around mental health. Um, purely because I don't want people to experience or see the world through the same way that I saw it. Because there is no life without hope. And to lack all hope is the end, I guess. Um, And as I say, for for someone that that didn't plan the last four years of his life, I'd say they've gone pretty well. and and yeah, I just I, I don't want anyone to struggle the same way that I have. And I know it's 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 silly to say, I guess, because everyone goes through struggles, everyone goes through upset, and everyone battles with mental health, whether it's good or bad, like day in day out. Um, but I can tell you that one day the good days will outweigh the bad days, and you've kind of. You've kind of got to keep on trucking. You've you've got to fight the good fight. And no, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just I wouldn't be who I am without the struggles that I've been through. I wouldn't I wouldn't have the the philosophies of life, the 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 outlook that I have, and the mentality that that I run with day to day um, without being at the edge and taking a peer over. You know what I mean. Um, so yeah it's I'll always try and use my platform no matter how big no matter how small no matter how it may come across um to try and advocate mental health awareness and and push that message forward that um you know owning your own okayness is the best thing that you can do good or bad Mm -hmm. Um, I've spent the past two years, three years nearly, um, gaining qualifications in mental health first aid, uh, gaining my teaching qualification and my mental health first aid instructor's qualification so I can now go on to deliver mental health first aid courses to other people. Um, So I think that's a very sort of proactive way of, of putting out like my message into the world, I guess. Yeah, and you know, writing checks and also cashing them. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, and 
it's one of those things where I've had like I've had this debate with people because you'll always hear the same phrases. You'll always hear it's okay to not be okay. And I've had disagreements with people about that because not being okay fucking sucks. It's not okay to not be okay. No, it's like you said, genuinely the expression it fucking sucks is the most apt quantifier. So for people to sort of hear mental health and see that someone's going through struggles and then turning around and quite blase just being like it's okay to not be okay it's it's to me it might not be to everyone like some people might find some comfort in that statement but to me feels a little bit like a kick in the bollocks um because you do spend hours wondering why you're not a normal person you do spend days wondering why am i not okay Am I ever going to be okay? Am I ever going to be a, a fully functioning member of society when in the back of my head, all I want to do is go to bed, not wake up, not necessarily die, um, but just just go to sleep. Just, just, and, time out, just time out so that's all better. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just a, long, a long sleep. Um, because it is effort to get up, it is effort to get dressed, it is effort to brush your teeth, um, especially when you're in that that sort of cesspit, I guess. Um, so to really sort of turn that around and, as I say, have the best four years of my life after um, contemplating suicide is... is genuinely a, a shock and a surprise as much to you as it is to me. <laughs> well, well, I think... well, we're happy that you're still around. Absolutely. Um, good so the, cats well. are the cats are happy. Yeah, the cats are happy. The cats are happy. I, um, like it's... Go on, Craig. It was, I, I do kind of understand and, and agree with the, the with disagreeing at the statement of it's okay not to be okay because it does, it almost feels like a compromise because it just yeah. feels, it's like, yeah, it's, it's all right not to be okay. I get that. But it kind of just feels like you're not challenging it. You're just kind of accepting these, this malaise and intrusive thoughts and this yeah. absolute lethargy, which, yes, you might not be equipped enough to fight it at the time. But yeah. it, it certainly shouldn't, that phrase certainly shouldn't be almost like a quantifier to just be, yeah, sometimes it just be like that. Yeah. yeah. Have you have yeah. you seen have you seen Train Spotting? I imagine you will have. Yeah. So you know the whole spiel of like choose life, mm. and and he goes on the big rant about choosing the big telly and 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 basically like the greed of human nature. Imagine the choose life speech, but it's like it's okay to not be okay. Choose to stay in bed all day. Choose to not wash your hair for five days in a row. Choose to not brush your che- teeth. Choose to lose your job because you can't bear the thought of seeing people. Choose to not put your socks on. Choose to wallow in, in your own poor mental health. Choose to not eat. Choose to not drink. Choose to stink in your own filth because it is absolutely unbearable, just the thought of opening the curtains. Like, And now tell me that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. yeah, I think I th- I always think like I think it's sort of responsibility of, of more people now to sort of teach people a better verbiage because I think it's okay to not be okay was 
a verbiage that people knew when they were they were starting to learn more about mental health and we've moved past that now as as people and you know yeah let's 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 learn more and let's let's choose our words better when when trying to help people just saying you know it's okay to not be okay yeah great but let's let's find a better way of helping each other than just saying that one stock phrase because you might feel uncomfortable that your mate's not having a great day I mean, I think we can all sit here comfortably and say we've all had bad days, um, yeah. you know, and just saying, it's okay to not be okay, because you don't okay. know how to deal with it. It's okay yeah. to struggle when trying to be okay again. Yeah. And I think that's because... a phrase that, that it's, it might be a bit wordy, might need tweaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might not make a T-shirt, but... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. It, kind of, it kind of just alludes... The 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 illusion is that it kind of forces you to be like, okay, then nice, yeah, you're not okay. It kind of encourages you to accept accept yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, instead of being like, well, okay, this is this is you, and it's so it's it's not, it's not, yeah. uh, and I think it, I think it kind of cut and dry. Yeah. yeah, you should be encouraged to kick out. It's, you know what I mean? Not yeah. to not to accept it. Yeah, it's, it's it's very black and white on something that, especially mental health, is so many shades of grey. 100%. Like, like me, me at my worst could have been Fletcher at his best or, or like an average day for, for Carl could have been your, like one of your worst ever days that you've ever had, Scotty. Like there's so much grey and to use the blanket term of, like almost a binary term of okay and not okay. It's yeah. just kind of, it's a, it's a bit dismissive of individual struggles in my opinion. Yeah, I think every everything's a spectrum now. Whether yeah. whether it's um, mental health, whether it's identity, whether it's sexuality, I think everything is is a spectrum. Nothing nothing's black and white. Nothing's cut and dry. There's there's far more. Well, there's seven point eight billion people in the world, and the chances of you experiencing the exact same feelings, thoughts, and life as someone else is a million to one. Well, seven point eight billion. Seven to point one. yeah. <laughs> Great maths. Great maths. Great maths. But yeah. 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 Oh, that, was, that, was, that, was a, that was a nice, like, heartstring little... Yeah. Little Listen, yeah. Sorry. We don't, sorry. We don't really like talking about wrestling on this podcast. We'd rather yeah. talk about people. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's the good stuff. I think people need to hear that, you know? Especially oh, in, yeah. in this in this little wrestling world. It can be toxic at times. I think, you know, yeah. men need to hear that sort of like, stuff. There's, there's so many people that, that struggle with, like... Um, anxiety disorders, depression, sort of schizophrenia, um, body dysmorphia is obviously like it's it's a big one within the wrestling industry because we, we make our living in tiny little pants. Um, <laughs> what a glorious way to put it. <laughs> but but things like that, like they do, they wreak havoc with your mental health. So if yeah. just just think before people speak, I think at times as well, like yeah. You know, I, I've been to shows before where, like, I've been selling promo shots. And, of course, you get your best promo shots when you're the leanest and your abs are popping and you, you're vascular and you're looking real tough. And they've just seen you wrestle and, like, you might be in the middle of, like, bulking season and someone comes up and grabs a promo shot. And they, to be fair, someone said this to me and it kind of resonated. 
and, and it stuck with me a little bit. And they were just like, crikey, you weren't half hell in shape in this picture. Jesus. And Jesus I'm Christ. like, oh. Um, Cheers, mate. Thanks, I guess. Thanks, uh, <laughs> five, five pound? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Oh, you, want a, you want a selfie? You want a selfie with, with Fat Man Rock? Yeah. Selfie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, oh, no, I eat. agree with that. I agree with just, just, just a bit more thought, just a bit more, <laughs> a little bit more, a bit more awareness. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. I, I think just take a take a second, and then, and then go. But because, like I say, everyone's individual. Everyone processes and, and deals with things differently. So, what might be great for one person isn't necessarily going to be great with the other. So, yeah. just, just take a second, one yeah. step at a time. That's all you can really do. Just yeah. one step at a time. Don't be a dick. <laughs> That's a good one. Classic. Yeah. Always works. <laughs> Always works for us. Well, um, I think it's, to be fair, this would be a fantastic place to wrap it up. And I think that with the qualifications you're doing with teaching and first aid, I think when the music's all said and done, when the wrestling's all said and done, I think the one thing you can probably be proud of the most is the ability to lift people up and like you said, drag people back from the brink. Um, that's just my statement. Um, but I think with the trajectory you're on, the world's the world's your fucking oyster at the minute, mate. No, I, but, I appreciate that, and I'm I'm hoping for I'm hoping for massive things. I really am. I mean, everyone everyone's got aspirations, everyone's got dreams, and at the end of the day, there's a lot of us that are all trying to scratch and claw and climb up that same ladder. Um, and as, as, as you know, like one one step up isn't isn't the end of it, and it's kind of like the ladder that never ends, I guess. Um, because we are perfectionists, and we do strive for bigger, for better, and it's only when we sit back and really reflect. Like I was saying this the other day, it's 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 mental to think that in my head I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not wrestling as much as I should be. Like I'm, I'm wrestling maybe four, five, six times a month, um, but I've got this weekend that's free, um, so I, I really should be try, trying to fill it, and and I need to be out there more. And, and then I'm, and then I think, and I'm like, pre-pandemic, two years ago, I was wrestling one show every six weeks, and now I'm wrestling like five or six every month. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm so grateful for the fact that like not only like promoters but fans and friends have seen something special in this little grebby skater kid <laughs> from a small seaside town and been like you know what this this kid's got something and i'm i'm so grateful for the opportunities that tnt that catch that bwr um have, have given me and i think it's it's the, the next big step for me is going to be when uh, 1PW return and come to the Doncaster Dome on the 1st of October um, because that's just going to be absolutely incredible. Like 1,500 people and a hell of a lot of important eyes, I think, are going to be on that product. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best luck and it wouldn't be a wrestling podcast without asking you for your upcoming shows and your plugs, Mr. Rock. But all the Twitter handles and social media handles, where can people find Scotty Rock? 
So you can find Scotty Rourke uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's plain and simple, at Scotty Rourke. That's R-A-W-K. Please don't pronounce my name as Scotty Rock. It really <laughs> infuriates me. <laughs> can I just say, I, you know how I was listening to the podcast earlier? Uh, there was one in which you guessed where you would be referred to as Scotty Rock. I was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just mm. think... Just think, Tony Hawk, pro skater, Scotty Rourke, pro wrestler. That's it. That's, that's all, all you need. Um, mm-hmm. You can see me coming up at TNT on the 4th of September. You can see me at Tidal on the 24th of September. Catch on the 25th. Uh, 1PW October 1st. BWR throughout the year. And hopefully we'll get Rourke for North. Sometime soon. Hashtag Rock for North. North. Has to happen. Has to happen. <laughs> Scotty, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. It's been an incredible evening. Thank you, boys. Thank Anytime. you very much. Cheers. Thank you.